welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer success managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers. Every week, we chat with customer-focused business leaders across the world from amazing companies sharing their stories with you, the CX Nation. We'll cover wins, challenges, software, ideas for how to grow your business. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at cxchronicles.com or check out our brand new book, The Four CX Pillars, on Amazon today. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. GQ, welcome to the show, sir. All right. Glad to be here, Adrian. Absolutely, man. So, guys, I was super excited to get GQ on the show. Um, it's funny, as, as, as we've kind of been going going through together over the last couple of, of weeks, everybody in the world is dealing with the same thing right now, which is thinking about how we're going to kind of you know, continue to thrive in this new post-COVID-19 world. GQ, you have a super interesting uh, story to tell today because your business probably couldn't be um, you know, more well positioned for helping companies and helping teams across the world. Think about how they can run some of their, their customer experience teams and their e-commerce day-to-day tasks in a remote place. So GQ from LTV plus, uh, let me know, you know, just feel free to dive into sort of what, how you guys have been doing over the last couple of weeks and sort of what's been going on in your world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, one of the major things that we've noticed is that with a lot of businesses having to, you know, start working from home uh, or even possibly recruiting uh, people from, you know, uh, to work from home, uh, there has been an issue where we see uh, people not necessarily being able to switch over to a work from home kind of setup. And that's kind of where we've noticed that we're able to help people out because aside from customer support or customer experience that we help with, uh, we've recently uh, set up a uh, service where we're able to help people recruit, uh, you know, like uh, people from overseas, like like remote developers, for example, yep. designers and so on and so forth. So that has, that has been something that has been really helpful. But I think the outside of that, uh, the other thing as well is that um, a lot of the clients that we're working with, um, they are, well, it's kind of like a give and take, right? Like, so, so I think a lot of industries got hit real bad during this time, but also some of them are thriving a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. they're experiencing like, you know, I, we have one client that has just gone from like maybe 200 tickets per day to suddenly like two or 3000 tickets. Per wow. Day, and that's insane. Yeah. Wow. See, that's the thing is that what a lot of people don't realize right now is that depending on what industry or what space or what business you're in, there's some companies that are just absolutely crushing it right now, right? If they were, maybe they were a, a digital type of solution in a very physical type of world, right? And maybe now that everybody's stuck at home, they can actually continue to, to, to be able to essentially trade or to be able to, to buy or to sell or whatever that might look like. And there's some companies that are crushing it. So you guys are probably seeing, you're seeing some of the, uh, the downstream flow of what that type of business spike looks like for some of these guys. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And, and because we work with a lot of e-commerce stores and uh, SaaS business, and some SaaS businesses as well, uh, we can definitely see like, you know, how some are faring. But I think what's interesting though is that for for, this, for, for, for businesses that are pure, because we work with a lot of businesses that are obviously online because, you know, we do live chat and email support and so on and so forth. 
uh, most of the businesses are doing pretty okay. Like even if some of them took a bit of a hit, um, like, you know, like a, maybe a slight decrease in sales or traffic, it does not really, you know, affect the, like, you know, I guess like doesn't really affect the businesses that much that they have to kind of, you know, downsize or do something else. In fact, it's fairly stagnant or they have a dramatic increase. Yep. That makes sense to me. No, I love it. Well, look, I'm excited to kind of get into, uh, get into today's show. Why don't you start off, take a couple minutes, uh, GQ, tell the CX Nation a little bit about yourself, sir. Talk about how you got involved in your customer experience, service, uh, and leadership sales journey. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, wow, uh, let me think where where we could start this from. So, I used to uh, work as, well, work as, I think work as is not the best way to put it. So, I, I was a music producer for about two to three years. Like, like That's work. Like, yeah, that's like, that's like, like a, <laughs> part of a whole lifetime ago now. Um, then I got really uh, influenced by, you know, what technology could do for people. Because like when, when, when I was in music, I felt that, you know, music could do things, but not necessarily directly affecting people, but more like, in, like you know, ideally inspiring or helping, making people feel good and so on yep. and so forth. Um, so when I got into tech, the first role that I ever got at a startup back in Singapore, uh, it was a customer success management role. Okay. So, because I, I had I had taught music, I had done production, working with people. Some of those skills kind of translate over, you know, building relationships, working with people, and kind of understanding, uh, you know, yeah, I guess like how you make people happy, right? Yeah. At, at the yep. core of it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So start off as a customer success manager in tech. Um. Did it for a few years. Um. You know, moved around different companies, and I, I guess like at the core of it, I've always loved the, the concept of customer success. And I, I think I, I got really lucky because I know like customer success is a term that just came out in like I guess like in a recent decade, maybe like uh, like like maybe like five ten years ago even. Um. So when I came on board, it, it was like the hot thing. Like it was. It is still pretty much the hot thing right now, right? Yeah. So for sure. Like. Customer success. What is this? And um, you know, dive into it, learn more about it. And uh, at some point, I figured like, hey, you know, because uh, I, I met my then uh, my my now partner David and a really good friend uh, at a conference, and we were talking about it. And at some point, I think in 2017 or so, we were like, hey, why not? Let's you know, let's uh, get let, let's get started. Let's. Uh, he had he had a really great experience, uh, like you know, working with remote. Uh, staff or remote workers and we're like yeah. why not let's bring this experience uh, you know, uh, in the larger scale and so we like you're like okay cool let's let's do it and so uh, we dive into it and we started uh, this business and literally because we're both very we both believe in customer success we're customer success driven <laughs> and it's also one of our core values in the company right um, so we're like cool let's get this done and so fast forward to today uh, we were a we've been able to support a lot of uh, different econ businesses and SaaS businesses and really uh, most of what I've learned comes from like you know maybe either books that I've read listening to podcasts like yours obviously yeah uh, you know listening and learning from people and uh, just really trying different things out uh when we work with different clients to see what sticks and what sticks really well we replicate it uh you know across for other clients as well i love it i love it i mean so so obviously you know people can hear right off the bat why i was so charged up about today's uh, today's episode because this is exactly the type of world that you know i i live and breathe every single day <laughs> Um, GQ, what are some of the big solutions? So give the guys, um, give the listeners a better sense for some of the services and some of the channels that you guys actually are helping some of your customers with, just to give people a better visual cue for some of the things that are LTV Plus is doing today. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, I think for to give some context to the services that we offer, there is one core pillar that we, well, two actually, two pillars that we believe in and we and we gear our services towards. Yeah. So the first pillar at LTV Plus is that we believe that pro, uh, contact centers are profit centers, and so because t- people typically have the concept that a contact center is like a cost that you have to pay, and just to create, you know better customer experiences, you know, provide better customer service. Yep. Uh, but what some businesses don't necessarily realize is the extent of what a great customer experience can do for you. And on top of that, um, also, you know, what you could do to help people better during the interaction. Like, you know, let's say someone's on your website, they're yep. there, uh, they need to get some information on your products or your software. You can already address those concerns and possibly point them in the right direction. Um, so that's kind of where we, we uh, one of the pillars that we believe in. And of course, the other one is that we, uh, you know, uh, internationalization is a huge pillar for us as well. And so Ooh. we, you know, we work with multilingual, uh, you know, su- uh, support agents sure. and helping, you know, uh, companies uh, expand into uh, different countries and uh, I guess <laughs> continents, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, so with that in mind, um, we we definitely look at customer experiences like uh, from the perspective of like you, you were talking about different channels. So we view it from I guess an omni-channel perspective, right? So um, what's really interesting for us is that because we kind of came in at a time where I guess there's a lot of really cool, interesting tech in the market, definitely. and we figured out that you know um, being able to have everything in one help desk or one umbrella. Um, one one tool yeah. gives you a really good picture of what the customer journey has uh, or the customer's experience uh, or customer's history has been like with the, with uh, with our contact center right you can yeah. see like oh <clears throat> maybe uh, John made a call on Monday you know uh, texted you uh, texted our Facebook page on, on Wednesday and then he's dropping us an email on Friday to follow up an agent is able to do all of that so we support channels like chat email social media, voice, uh, recently text messaging as, as well, and so on and so forth. But the core of it is really bringing it all together to have a really good picture of, you know, what's the customer's experience has been like with uh, with uh, with a brand, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I It's funny, um, you know, GQ, what, what we say all the time at CX Chronicles is customer experience is modern selling. Right. Because <laughs> it's a companies that actually understand or executive teams or business leaders, right. That understand that um, customer experience literally can have a direct impact on your bottom line, uh, on your ability to reduce churn, on your ability to increase your LTV or your lifetime value, maybe even reduce some of your customer acquisition costs because you can start to assess out the things that people really just truly don't, they don't give a shit about. But you, 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 you keep spending money on these things thinking that, you know, it's important. And then you realize after sampling 100 or 200 or 1,000 different, you know, new people that are working with your business and you realize none of them ever cared about it. So then you can omit another thing that actually makes an even more seamless customer experience. And, and it really is. CX is a huge part of sales today. You see a ton of different companies pushing, you know, customer experience either directly underneath uh, the revenue or the marketing umbrellas, right, on the revenue generation side of the business. Although there is a tremendous amount of operative uh, work inside of it, though, right? I mean, of some course, of the omni-channel yeah. uh, channels that you just talked about, um, you got there's there's some ops components to that, so it's 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 really interesting. But I love it, man. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a like like you guys have built an incredible team that's really poised to um, to kind of really be able to help many 
GQ and in, in, in this new world that we're living, right? We're going to have all these different businesses that historically didn't have to think about being remote. They're going to have to be remote now. So you guys are going to see some really interesting uh, conversations in the coming weeks, my friend, if you haven't already, but I would love to, uh, I'd love to, 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 to jump right into the four CX pillars GQ. So, you know, we spend a ton of time on this show talking about team, talking about tools, process and feedback. Um, Let's start with the first CX pillar of team. Can you spend a couple minutes just kind of telling the CX Nation a little bit about the team over at LTV Plus and kind of how you guys sort of went about thinking about the building of that team? Sure. Um, when we were talking about team, uh, do we want to talk about it like, you know, in terms of the core team that we have at LTV Plus or um, like in terms of the teams that, that we built for, 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 you know, for clients? Because I guess the structures are similar but different. Yeah, excellent question. I love it that you're the first person that has broken this this one directly in half right on the right on the start of it. Why don't we go through? Why don't we go short answers on both? I love it because I think the listener would like to hear kind of how you think about both of these sides. Okay, sure. Um, so at the core of it, uh, we have uh, like I guess uh, four different departments, right? So we're we're following to some degree. I like to think it to some degree. We're following the uh, revenue operations framework at LTP Plus, right? So. Uh, in terms of our team setup at the RevOps level, you know, we have like our, our department heads uh, connected and everyone's just gelled together because when we make leader, leadership decisions or kind of like uh, deciding where the business should go, what are the, some of the uh, goals or rocks we want to achieve, um, everyone plans together, comes together once a week. Uh, and then we, of course, have our portal planning and so on and so forth. Uh, that kind of helps us. Uh, but that also trickles down because like in terms of the processes that we want to build an experiment with, uh, this will automatically get trickled down into the departments uh, down the line. Okay. So in terms of the departments that we have to support LTV Plus, um, we have operations, we are training in quality and uh, customer success um, because, you know, so I, I can kind of give a bit of a brief intro for each. Um, so operations is pretty straightforward, you know, in terms of like, how do we plan the schedules for, I mean, they're in charge of like planning the schedules, the workforce management, taking care of HR, taking care of, you know, um, making sure our agents have all the tools that they need and so on and so forth. Um, then under training and quality, it's really building out, understanding the clients that we work with, building out training plans, building out documentation, building out, uh, what do you call that? Building out, uh, you know, guidelines to see yeah. how we can, uh, you know, QA their, the work that they're doing to make sure that they're aligned uh, with the uh, with the client's kind of like uh, requests or the client's uh, success metrics. And then, of course, we have a customer success team that's solely focused on ensuring the success of our clients. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of like the core team. And if we talk about the if we talk about the uh, what the, t- the teams that we built for clients, it's typically um, having obviously the, the the core agents that are, will be the frontliners who are interacting okay. with their clients or their customers. Yep. And then we also have a, a team leader that kind of oversees the whole picture. But of course, this entire team that, that's working for our customers, uh, they're supported by the different departments at LTV Plus. That's awesome. And, 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 and so, so, so with that, so first of all, that's, that's super helpful just in terms of understanding how you think about both of those different lenses. But um, it makes me immediately wonder, so with the team that you've built, and then with the teams that you that your team is helping to build and helping to curate and helping to lead, can you spend a couple minutes, GQ, talking about the tools piece here? So the second CX pillar of tools, because I guess this is probably where uh, quite a bit of the magic lies in terms of your guys' ability to be able to deliver awesome experiences for your clients, but also for your team at LTV Plus to be able to actually deliver some of those. Spend a couple minutes talking about some of the tools that helps you guys actually get through each day. Sure. 
I think to, to give uh, even more context about how, why, like about the tools that I'm about to talk about, um, LTV Plus is a completely remote company. So everyone, like we don't see each other uh, physically, like we only see each other on, across the screen. And so managing, um, you know, like, a, like a, a company that's, that's spread out across the world, uh, we have to make sure that we have the tools that, uh, you know, help everyone I guess helps everyone run in the same cadence, if that makes sense, and also yeah, to get yeah. connected. Yep. Um, so I can kind of maybe I will jump into this part uh, the, uh, in the process bit. But we we had we we run our business on the EOS framework, so that's the entrepreneurial operating system framework, and that has really helped us stay lean, agile, and also uh, maintaining our uh, you know our, our business on the right tar- on the in the right keeping our business in the right direction and so on and so forth. Yep. So the tools that we use for our agents and everyone to get through their day to day. I guess like, you know, like communication is very important in a remote setup. And I think this is very true now. So we use things like, for example, Beatrix 24. Uh, it's, it's an all-in-one platform that has like a CRM, task management system, um, chat, and so on and so forth. And it's really, really affordable. Um, other things that we use as well are things like, um, you know, like Slack, depending if we want to have integrations kind of run through there from our CRM, which we use, which we use as Pipedrive. Okay. Um, but in terms of uh, the help desks that we use to support our uh, help our customer support, it really, really varies a lot. Uh, simply because we are we are app neutral in this case, like help desk neutral. So, if a customer is on Zendesk, for example, we'll we'll use Zendesk because we are we, we know that. And if there's a there's an app that is new and we don't know it, we'll learn it and, and get and get great at it, right? Yep. So things like Zendesk, um, live chat. Um, I don't know, uh, Gorgeous, uh, Intercom, Drift, you name it, we, we've, we've used it. So um, in terms of the help desk, we're, yeah, I guess it's like, it's pretty much, <laughs> not ambiguous, but it's pretty much like anything, right? Um, I guess aside from that, um, you know, um, if we talk about, uh, if we work, if we think about it from the remote setup, you know, what else could we help to ensure that we're all staying, uh, you know, um, I guess on the same track, uh, it would be, uh, for example, like Time Doctor 2. Oh, okay. time, sorry, let me just rephrase that. Time Doctor, because uh, it, it helps that we we are able to keep track of, you know, how people are spending their time. Yeah. Just to make sure that, you know, if they're overworked or they're doing things that, you know, like they, they might be having some difficulties with certain tasks, we can kind of assist that and dial that back. Because, for example, like, like um, maybe, you know, uh, in terms of like sales, for example, right? Like, you know, uh, if an SDR or like, a, or if like a lead researcher is taking a while to, you know, maybe find X number of leads to, to kind of like help with certain outreach campaigns and so on and so forth. Uh, we would be able to identify that and see how we can help that person. So I think the, the, these are just kind of like some of the tools that I can think off the top of my head. But uh, if there's anything else that you think might be useful, I'd be happy to share more. No, these are these are fantastic. And I think that, you know, for, for, for some of our listeners who, you know, if you think about a GQ, our listener base is probably broken into two camps. Uh, you have you have either the one camp of individuals who are again in these technology startup, high growth, high tech focus type of businesses where when COVID-19 hit and the whole world rapidly had to change the way that we thought about our day to day, they basically <laughs> they texted each other in the morning. They said, all right, so we're doing the exact same thing today. I'll, you know, I'll be at my home office. You'll be at your home office. We'll be doing our thing. No, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. There was another camp of people that literally rapidly had to think about how do we manage our phone calls? How do we manage our emails? How, do, how are we going to think about text messages? How do we keep in touch together? You know, how do we run our deliveries? What are we, how, what are we going to do to run our business? And as you know, and as the, you know, all you have to do is look around 
um, you know, the different news outlets, or even just talk with your family or your friends or your coworkers, you rapidly begin to hear how there's really two different camps that people got broken into. And I think that you guys were clearly, um, LTV plus was completely poised and ready to go for this. It sounds like you guys literally just had that morning tax message, probably a little sip in your coffee. But the other <laughs> thing too is, you know, there's going to be this interesting period for the rest of the year where and and moving forward entirely gq and you get you and i were talking about this the other day but like companies now realize wow one way or another whether we whether we we realize it or not we need to invest in having the optionality and the pliability to begin to go back and forth between those two those two places and frankly we don't know what's going to happen over this next year there's a very good possibility that maybe we all go back to work in a couple months in a month or two months or whatever it looks like depending on what state or what country we're in Yep, yep. And if there's a flare-up, guess what we're all doing, guys? Everyone's going straight back to their home office. That is correct. That is so correct. You, so you guys are poised to be in an excellent position with that type of a, of a world that we're living in. Well, yeah, I guess like in, in that sense, yeah, it, it does help that we were already remote. Oh, well, we are already remote from the beginning, and that keeps us a lot more nimble. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, like you know, with, with people, well, the one thing, you know, I, I actually, funny enough, I, I was in another, uh, another podcast uh, earlier today, and we were actually talking about the same thing. And imagine if this whole situation took place maybe 10 or 20 years ago. I think we would be having a very different conversation <laughs> versus, versus what we have now, because technology has come so far. Uh-huh. And I think, like, you know, on the, con- in the concept of, like, uh, uh, tools and, and the 4CX pillars, right? I think this is a really really good representation of how technology has come so far that we're able to adapt and not become reliant on certain things that enables us to be a lot more agile than we were before. Totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. So, okay. You've talked about tools, you blended in the process part, which is perfect. And you're right. That makes sense. Cause oftentimes tools and process, they really truly do complement each other and they also reinforce each other. Let's spend some time talking about feedback because this is what I'm really interested in. I think, you know, for, for, for me, GQ, I've been um, obviously across so many different businesses in, in my career, had the opportunity to think about collecting feedback, assessing feedback, using the feedback. Uh, so right now for me in this remote setting, it was very easy to continue to dive right back in all the different ways that you can collect that feedback and, and, and share it with the business, right? What have yep. you guys been doing over at LTV Plus to keep some of that customer and that employee feedback coming in on the reg? Sure. Um, well, I always think we can, <laughs> I guess as, as with any other uh, business, like I guess this, I mean, as with any other thing, I think there's always a better way to do things, but we can talk about it from an internal and external perspective, right? So yeah. internally uh, for us to get, because, okay. The, so the one thing that we strongly believe in, and it's also one of our core values, which is people first, we believe that, for us to deliver great customer experiences, first of all, you have to have happy people. You need to make sure we you know that we we have agents who are driven, who want to get you know, who want to really make someone's day. They want to go all out to get things done. Yep. And in order to do that, they have to be happy. And for us to keep a pulse on that, um, we do run what we call like a, uh, I guess like an employee satisfaction uh, survey. Okay. Uh, we do this every quarter. Yep. And this is also in line with a town hall that we run every quarter as well, because that helps us. Uh, really understand uh, what people are thinking about. And if ever there are any key issues that do come up in the business, uh, you know, maybe challenges that people might be facing that we don't necessarily know because they're frontliners, right? And frontliners might relay that. Or if there is information that we need to relay down and share and giving, 
I guess, a sense of direction of, as to where the business is going. Those town halls come into play. That survey comes into play. Aside from that um, feedback, we have a, well, I like to say an open door policy, but then, you know, we're all virtual. So a right, virtual right. open door policy. Virtual yeah. open door. Yeah. So they can hit us up at any time. You know, anyone can just come like, you know, come to uh, their managers. They can come to us as well. Co-founders, they can come to the uh, RevOps team or whatever and just like hit the, hit people up uh, to ask certain questions at any time. We don't say like, oh, you know, you should go talk to your, you know, don't, don't talk to me kind of thing. Because we want to, you know, we're already remote. Over communication is super key in this. Yep. Um, aside from that, like that's some of the things that we do internally. Now, externally, uh, well, um, I guess with to maintain like with, with our with our clients, we maintain a very close relationship. So we check in with them, you know, every week, uh, maybe a little less as we go on because you know having too many meetings is not always the best thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we, uh, for us to gather as to how well our how well we're doing for our, how well we're performing for our clients, uh, we know we measure success metrics of sorts. You know, it could be things like how are we delivering on customer satisfaction on their end, how are we delivering sales, you know, how are we. Uh, how quickly are we handling conversations? How soon do we respond? And what's the kind of quality that we get, right? Uh, aside from that, we also do send out uh, surveys every quarter uh, just to get some information. Now, I'm a little bit like, I'm more on the fence, I'm more on the side of like, hey, we should get much feedback as soon as possible because I like to, you know, I like to iterate quickly. But then I do realize that, um, and I had a really com interesting conversation with an interview yet, uh, yesterday about this uh, with, uh, with uh, Mike from Rewind. Um, we're talking about, you know, like there's a trend like for people to send out surveys and like get feedback, especially with software, uh, software businesses where you're like, hey, here's an NPS survey. Hey, can you can you like, like you know, how scale one to 10 or zero to 10 or whatever, you know, how would you promote, you know, would you share us with another friend or colleague and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, for, for them, like uh, their feedback way was to simply see that, it, like the proof is in the pudding. So for them, it's like getting, um, what do you call that, reviews on Shopify and that, that yeah. was enough. So, yeah. so, so we're, so like, like on my end, I'm like, yeah, I, I think like, you know, we should run surveys as much as possible. But then when he said that, I was like, yeah, uh, maybe getting, always like asking for feedback is not always the best thing because you can kind of uh, make, I guess it can kind of cause some friction with the uh, the way your clients are experiencing your service, right? Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's something along those lines. And we do send out a survey every quarter to get feedback, and then of course we jump on conversations from time to time to kind of understand what's going on. I love it. I, I, I that's awesome. I mean, look, every 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 business, every team, they've got a, di a slightly different way that they think about how they're going to collect, assess, and measure all that fun stuff. Um, some companies are better at other companies at doing the customer side than the employee side. Um, and I think some of the things that you just mentioned though, that I think are super, super important for the listener to think about as long as you're doing something perfect, get started, right? Get started. Yeah, yeah, I think the other, right. the other point that you bring up GQ, which is awesome is depending on what type of business you're in, that also has a major, major um, ebb and flow around which, which, which river you want to ride. Because for example, let's say GQ just brought up an awesome point. Let's say that you are a mom and pop restaurant shop, right? In downtown, uh, in downtown Buffalo, right? Or, 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 or in some downtown area, it, it, the faster that you can get, and let's say sandwiches is your game, right? You're, you're, you're doing the best sandwich in town. If you go on to Google reviews and you see that that sandwich joint is a 4.9, 
and it's got 550 reviews sitting there. And then when you kind of go in and you kind of breezing through the reviews and you're looking at them and then you sort by, you know, most, uh, most relevant or the newest one. And then you say, Oh, wait a minute. Holy, holy cow. Look, these guys have got, Whoa, they get that many reviews a week. And then you can start to kind of do some backwards math around, hey, not only are they really, really they must have an awesome product, an awesome sandwich, must have good service to be able to deliver all that. Um, that's super important to think about that stuff. And, you know, for smaller businesses, that sometimes is, a, it's an afterthought, right? You're, you're focused on running the day-to-day. You're focused on dealing with whatever the deliveries are. You're focused on thinking about whatever your team has to do. Um, so, so that's one thing. Now, the second thing that you talked about with these quarterly surveys, that's interesting to me because I think this is this is the type of maturation that I think businesses go through as they begin to grow and they begin to amass more customers where they start to realize, wait a minute, different types of feedback yields even more valuable types of results. Because you're right, if you over-focus on one thing over another and it's only the quarterly review instead of quarterly reviews plus online uh, online reviews and surveys, all that uh, blending all those different things. Yeah. Um, that's where you really get the holistic picture, the holistic view. You might you might have to normalize some of the math in terms of how you quantify that, but like it's about it's about getting a holistic view of what people really truly think about your business and where they think that you could stand to improve. So that's super helpful, man. I, I love that you share that with us, and I think it's I think it's great that you guys are are, are already kind of getting a bunch of that feedback and putting it to use. So GQ, as we, as we get closer towards the end of the show, I'd love, I'd love to, I ask most of my guests this question, but I'd love for you to spend like a minute or two. What would be some advice or some tips that you'd have for upcoming CXers or sales leaders or startup founders that are listening to the show right now and thinking about how they can grow their business into the next unicorn? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a great question. No pressure. Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Growing to the next unicorn. Hey, no and you, and by the way, you only have 60 seconds, so keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 60 seconds. Oh gosh. Um, I would say, uh, well, for startup, let's say we're talking from an, okay, wait, let me think. (laughs) This is, this is so crucial. Um, I think the most important advice that I can give, and I think this, I think it's something that I've heard repeatedly from other founders that I've spoken with as well, is to not overthink whatever that you want to try out, but just do it first and get that feedback and figure out if that actually makes sense or not. Because a lot of what we've done, we could only learn, like no amount of preparation can prepare you for what, what, what framework, whatever you implement in your company for that to actually work uh, the way you think it would. <laughs> because yep. it, once, yep. once you, once you put it in place, you're like, Oh wait, <laughs> it's not yep. working the way it should. Yep. And then you're like, Oh no. So just cool. do it, test it, figure it out. Uh, see the results and then iterate from there and grow, grow, grow. Love it, man. You're right. You got to battle test anything before you know whether it's even going to live or not. So yep, yep. completely agree. Um, fire round question for you, sir. I have a fire round question coming at you. Okay. So this is, um, I want to know about one of the most cust- one of the most entertaining um, customer interactions that you've had while building LTV plus and what you and your team learned from it. Okay. Um, let me think about this. Most entertaining customer interaction. So, so this would be uh, like, like 
like me working with LT, okay, not, not so much on like our agents, like kind of like customers, uh, customer interactions with uh, our clients' customers, yeah? Actually, um, no, 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 that's what's funny. You have an interesting pool. It could be literally from both. <laughs> so not just the LTV plus customer management, uh, but yeah. yeah, good point. It can be literally in the pool, the tickets or the cases that you guys manage too. I'll, 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 so you can expand to just give us an entertaining story about some of the things that you guys might've seen along your time building it. Okay, um, something that came up uh, that I can remember. Uh, now this is a little bit more sensitive, but I but I guess like um, we'll we'll censor it to some degree. Uh, so depending on the products that we support, sometimes customers may send. Um, let's just say like because depending on like like let's say apparel products, right? So customers may send photos over uh, for us to understand like uh, you know like kind of like what sizes would fit and stuff like that. And so that gets a little bit more. <laughs> Um, I guess a little bit more tricky with certain types of apparel, just put it that way in a more friendly sure. sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when that, when, when we've, when we, when we've had certain situations like that, I think it's just really how an agent responds uh, to, you know, kind of like, uh, how do you, I guess, deescalate certain conversations um, <laughs> if it's inappropriate, yeah, for example, or right. if it's, if, if it's just like genuine curiosity, they really are asking for help. And then, you know, our agents, uh, they will, <laughs> they will definitely assist that and ensure that there's confidentiality and there's privacy. And, and we will also go so far as to remove the data once we once we have that because we don't want to keep you know something like that. Because I think like it's it's not uh, as much as people have good intentions, but it's never a good thing to always have something like that online. So uh, <laughs> we 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 always take that offline. Uh, we, sorry, we we delete that like once that once the conversation has been resolved, and then we just kind of file that in the records. Uh, but aside it. from that, I think like, uh, yeah, let's say if it doesn't, if it's like a conversation that is a little bit more um, inappropriate, then, you know, it's kind of like uh, as, a, uh, as a, not even just a service provider, but like as an agent. Um, and I think like you uh, as like, you know, for, for, for people who uh, manage their own teams or even in your department, I think it's really giving your agents the power to... Uh, I'm not sure if power is the right word, but I guess giving them the, the power, empowering your agents to, to, to be able to give out warnings and end the conversation if needed, because sometimes it can really get to agents if like a certain conversation is really abusive or like, you know, because sometimes you may have certain um, situations where it's not really rough. And it's really, uh, depending on the situation, giving the uh, agents the power to uh, say no and yep. to end the conversation yep. because it's better for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep. No, that's great, man. I I think that's spot on, and it's funny because everyone listening to the show knows that every almost every business in the world right now, you all have these different sensitive information points and data points that you've got access to, and some of them are some of them are more entertaining than others, to say the least. But okay, I, I appreciate that. And look, GQ, as we wrap up today's show, anything else that you want to pitch? Uh, to the CX Nation, um, anything around upcoming events or uh, anything that you guys are working on or things that you want everybody to know on the CX Chronicles podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, so right now uh, we are, you know, uh, I guess like uh, one of the things that we want to help like other businesses with right now is that if people do need help, you know, like even temporarily, if they're experiencing an influx uh, of tickets <laughs> that, that's really hard for them to manage right now and they need a temporary solution. We're here to help because we, we just want to make sure that businesses are able to get over this uh, crazy period, let's just say. 
uh, yep. as, as, as easy as possible. So as easily as possible. So yeah, uh, feel free to reach out. We can work something out. I'm very happy to, to, to assist with that. Uh, outside of that, uh, we are we have recently launched our uh, failed payments recovery service because that's something that we uh, we were doing for clients before, but we never really put it out in the public. So if people just want to recover, and, and I think now is a really good time as well, if people want to recover involuntary churn and so on and so forth, they can hit us up. And uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think like uh, if uh, if you need recruitment done as well, we can definitely do that. Uh, aside from that. Yeah, I well, I would like to talk about conferences, but <laughs> but there's a lot of not going to be any of those for a while. And, yeah, we're not going to have any conferences for a while. So uh, the next time we do, I'll definitely be happy to talk about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, GQ, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been our pleasure having you, sir. Uh, best of luck to you and the LTV Plus team in the future. And uh, and again, thanks so much for, for for coming and sharing your story with the CX Nation. Thank you so much, Adrian. It's really awesome to be here. And yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.